An hour later, here we go. (laughs) Yeah, let's start at 1030. And this is why you start earlier, because this is what's going to happen. Yeah, because life is awesome. Okay, here we go. Hello, people of the internet. Welcome to episode one of A Feast of Films. I'm Matt Black, and I'm joined with Ethan Hill. That's your line. (laughs) Okay, full... Full transparency, guys. We've been trying for an hour to record our first episode. We've been having the most ridiculous technical problems ever. Literally just being able to call each other. There's like, there's a long dramatic pause after you said your name. And I was like, do I talk here? What's going on? (laughs) And we've tried this how many times? And it always works the same way. I'm like, I'm Matt Black. I'm with. And then this is like, Uh, uh, Ethan. uh, uh, Hey, it's me. (laughs) It just cracks me up. Maybe just, that's just our intro that's now. Just, you know, <laughs> the struggles of trying to do something long distance. This would be, you know what, you know what, how this would work if if we were in the same city, if we were in the same room, no problem at all. But of course, yeah. you know, I'm I'm out here and you refuse to move. So I mean, clearly that's what the problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was thinking about like packing up my kids and wife and moving for this podcast, but then I thought, you know, I mean, like, dude, it's follow your I dreams. Follow your dreams, man. <laughs> follow the dreams follow the dreams speaking of dreams uh we're uh you know gonna be talking about some great movies today which is a lot of people's dreams i mean we all want to make movies we all want to be in film we all want to be involved in the world we just love it so much i know at least speaking for the two of us ethan's actually made a film before short film no it's it's, made made a feature film and (laughs) and a short film yeah, exactly. So he's actually done stuff. I made a movie in high school, which I'm pretty sure doesn't even count. I was in that movie. But I, was, I was in that movie, so it, it counts were. now. I, I yeah. can make that an official IMDb credit. Is uh Oh, oh crazy, yeah, I, man. Maybe Ooh, I could. I, like I, I, could, I could see if I could put that on. And <laughs> I like my... that. But here we're uh, but we're here to talk about films. We're talk about all different aspects, characters, stories, uh, cinematography, talking about scores and just, you know, everything, the things we love, the things we didn't and our opinions and the best part is usually we have different opinions so that's always gonna I mean, be it, a lot of fun i'm too. curious how much we're gonna differ on like that's actually one thing i was thinking about going into this because like for some topics which we'll probably end up getting to maybe in this episode maybe in future episodes we have some differing opinions but i'm right. curious i feel like there's a part of me that's really worried that this entire episode is gonna be like this is my favorite film this is my favorite film i agree i agree crap yeah exactly <laughs> well this was some great conversation well, 15 minutes later uh so uh, uh what, what, what are you doing the rest of the day matt uh, <laughs> <laughs> exactly but i mean at least i think from just what we talked before we do definitely have different opinions i think we do have different like points of views or what we look for for what's good and what you know makes a, a great film or something that we enjoy so i think it'll be just a great i think it's a great setup for conversation and that's kind of what it's all about talking about the things we love and uh yeah just having a great time yeah. so this should be Sweet. good we're setting the bar low here with episode one we've had a ton of technical difficulties already we're uh, uh, planning but to have i some, think uh, we're i think we're ready to roll <laughs> we're planning to have some mediocre contact for content for everybody so uh be buckle up and be ready for just good um <laughs> let's let's do this feast of films episode one dinner is served oh, there <laughs> that's you go that's the, I think that's the tagline yet dinner um, is served there's so, always gonna be plenty of film 
So, uh, let's so I guess I'll just uh, surprise question. Yeah, of the day. well, so we're do gonna yeah, we'll do the surprise question of the day. So I'm just gonna let everyone know we do have different like segments that we're gonna be talking about in the podcast, and they every episode they'll be kind of switching, moving around, slightly different. So it is always gonna be something different, but we're always gonna be having that uh, great film talk. But first off, we're starting with surprise question of the day, where one of us has a surprise question for the other, and we just kind of spring it on them. I mean. What could possibly go wrong? Uh, everything and nothing. And, you know, maybe it's great, maybe it's terrible. Who knows? And I think that's on us. <laughs> Absolutely. All uh, right, let's get to it, man. I think you're the questionnaire yeah. for the day. Um, so I guess it's a good, I think it's a good question to kick off everything. Um, why film? Why, what about film makes you want to talk about it, makes you love it? What, why? Why are we here? Why are we here? Like, in life, like, why do we exist in humanity and the world and exist? Why are we here to talk about film, Matt? Why, why, what do you love about film that has made you want to talk about it? That's an absolutely, that is a great question. That's a great way to start off at least episode one, because I think it just kind of sets the uh, standard and, like, where we're sitting on all these things. So that's a, that's a great question. Nice job. Nice surprise question. I've been um, sitting on it for about a week and a half. <laughs> yeah, you're just like, I got the best question for the start. I thought it was going to be something kind of ridiculous, but I actually like that question. It's a very good question. It's a very it's a very good question. It's a beautiful it's a beautiful question. <laughs> the question is beautiful. I pro- I promise you my questions will get more and more ridiculous as time progresses. Absolutely. Um, I love it. No, um I mean when it talk when we're talking about film, uh, I think you know, the thing that really moves me and what I love most about film and is is the storytelling. Is It's such a unique way to communicate uh, a, a, an effective story. Now, there's so many different ways, obviously, like novels, books, comic books, um, even podcasts too, right? There's a lot of story-based podcasts. But there's something so unique about films, so unique whether you're talking about the visual storytelling like there's so many different ways right whether it's in the writing whether it's in the cinematography whether it's in the score in the music the music in itself many times tells the story or you know communicates the beats in ways that the spoken word can't right yeah Uh, and it's just that overall experience that i just love and since i was a kid I mean, I've connected with these stories. You feel for these characters. You can walk in their shoes. You can relate to them. Of course. And so many of these stories are just timeless, timeless stories. And, uh, you know, that's kind of what I love about it. That's what makes me want to talk about every day. And it's a great way to just kind of distract yourself, too, from whatever's going on in the world. Like, I'm just going to go jump into the world of Star Wars. Or I'm going to go jump into the world where there's mobsters and gunfights and oh, it's, all these crazy things, right? is huge, so, man. Like, it's it's a huge part of it. It's getting yeah, away. Yeah, exactly. Like, just being part of this whole world. So, I mean, we could talk probably for hours about what's great about film. But for me, the thing I love most is the stories and the different all the different aspects i think of storytelling whether again it's the visual whether it's the the shots whether it's the writing whether it's the audio them all coming together to create just such a unique experience that you can completely become involved in and engulfed in uh that that to me is what's special about storytelling oh yeah and films (laughs) i guess that was the question film (laughs) it works i i i accept that answer what about you, bud? Surprise question of the day. Um, 
Am I surprised by it though? Uh, no, for me, it's it's very it's a similar answer. It's very similar to what you said. Where it's thing I love about film is that basically, no matter what type of art you're into, no matter what kind of art you do, you can end up working on film. You can end up being a part of film because whether you're an actor, whether you you know are a carpenter, whether you like to be behind right. a camera, whether you like to write, whether you play music, anything. Like, it just... It's the culmination of all art forms brought together into this one massive thing to tell a story together. It's a shared goal through all these different mediums tied together. And like as I said, it's a very similar answer to yours. And I just look at that, and it's just... It's, just, it's a beautiful thing to me. And it's something that, since I was five, first time I... I think the mind time I clicked, first time I watched Star Wars... I was five and it was just on and I don't know what it was, but I'm like, that's it. That's, that's, that's what I love. That's what I want to do. And like, that's, it's just always been something that I've loved and it's just, I don't know. It's a super special thing that I think is taken for granted sometimes. And that's why I think things like this, where you can show a bit of appreciation for it and discuss it is really important. And it's absolutely it's just something that, uh, you know, brings everyone together because who doesn't love a good movie? Yeah, absolutely. And that's part of it too, right? Like, especially when you're talking about like the movie theater, like the shared experience, right? Like nothing is better going to a movie theater, sitting with like tons of other people, hundreds of other people, 50 other people, 20 other people, depending how big your theater is, right? And being able to share that experience together with other people. Like that is part of the movie magic in itself as well, right? That theater experience. Like you think about Avengers, Especially, like, Endgame, right? Yep. Like, how many moments, especially if you go on, like, opening night with all, like, the hardcore fans. Oh, man, there's so many moments. Like, it gives me... You can't see it right now because it's, like, you know, a podcast. But I have goosebumps on my arms just thinking about sitting in that theater. And when, like, Cap has, like, Mjolnir and he's got it. And you're, everyone's like, oh, yeah! Spoilers, like, Matt. Cheering, Spoilers, like, come on. It's only oh, been out for a year. Out a year. <laughs> it's been a year, came since, out a, year ago. a year since Endgame. That's crazy, right? That is crazy. But just think about, right? Like that shared experience that you have together. People are cheering everyone. You laugh together. You cry together. Ah, oh, man. Movies just... They, they they can bring out the best in everyone, especially during that experience. Now, afterwards, when people are talking right. about them, sometimes they get toxic, especially nowadays. But A little heated. You no, know, we just try and keep it... Yeah, we try and keep it level. We try and keep it level. But yeah, just that shared experience is wonderful. Are you a popcorn person in theaters? Like, are you... You gotta I have love popcorn. popcorn in, yeah, I love popcorn in the theaters. I don't really eat it too much at home. Um, also, I only eat so much popcorn in the theaters. Like, I'll eat it till Colonel gets stuck in my gums. <laughs> then you're done. Nuts, and I'm like, I'm done. I'm done. Then I get mad. But I do, do you know like there's uh, a, peanut, peanut M&M's. There's, a, there's a whole movement of people actually out there who want to get rid of snacks and films, like in theaters. Like, no, just, really? Yeah, they, yeah there's, there's, the peop, there's people who are there. They're a bit more on cinema's a higher end kind of thing like it's a it's film is an right, experience right. but it's a higher cinematic experience and they're like we got to get yeah. rid of all those snacks and i'm like but i love having my bag of popcorn that i only eat the top part of and take the rest home yeah exactly right exactly i need no. a drink for my three hours because i'm gonna get thirsty <laughs> in three hours right yeah exactly no yeah for sure i think i think snacks are just yeah it's a great way like let's be honest like popcorn's pretty much like a butter delivery device like it's really great for getting especially when you get like that top part where it's all buttery right yeah. you gotta get it layered you gotta get layered but 
yeah no snacks are a great way it's again part of that experience and i think what you touched on too that was really great in your answer when it comes to you know why do you love film like you talked about all the different stuff that even happens behind the scenes which we don't always think about but the crafting of the sets right the costume work um there's so many different things that happen makeup and styling right there's so many things if that there's happen any department we're missing scene. we're sorry yeah special effects right and well, we see special effects now but stunt people um stunt people absolutely there's so like, many they're different... one of the most underappreciated group of people man yeah yeah, there's so many different like artistic, creative, um, you know, professions that go into making a movie. It really is a team effort, and when they all work together, it's it they create just the best experiences. I actually make it a point anytime I meet somebody who even doesn't have an interest in film, I kind of find out what they want to do and then tell them how they could actually work in the film industry and what jobs they could do. Right. So like I've just they're just like oh well you could be an assistant director because you could you know you have these kind of skills here oh well you're a nurse a nurse well you they need first aid people on set so you could be a first aider on there you could work craft services you like to cook you can do craft services like there's just been a list of people who are like ah I could never be on a film set and I'm like ah you're wrong here you go <laughs> you're wrong yeah there's so many ways like it it literally takes a city to make these movies oh exactly. it literally takes a city. Yeah, it's incredible. It's and incredible. It's, no, it's, that was a great surprise question. It's it was a it was a nice way to start off the start off the conversation. Hopefully, yeah, and it's always a great way. I think every episode will be good. It'll keep it'll get the brain rolling and into the zone. So the set surprise the question is always a good way to do. Set the you know, bar set high the, for you for and next, of course we next set time. the bar. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll bring it back down lower so that we can have lower expectations. <laughs> um, so Ethan, yeah, no, how, that was a... how was how was your poop today? That is, <laughs> well, Matt, I haven't Probably had one that yet. But... <laughs> That's a bit low. Ah, those, uh, yeah, those lifetime experiences that you hold on to, right? Especially since you were a kid, just watching your first movie, clicking in, getting into the adventure. Ah, oh, there's nothing. Oh yeah, there's nothing like the movie experience. I'm already it. thinking of other questions I want to ask you, but it's like, should I sit on these or should I just ask them? <laughs> yeah, well, if they're really good, sit on them. We'll use them for our surprise questions of the day. Write them down. Write them down. All right. Anything else to mention on that? No, I think it's. I think we both kind of scratched the surface of why why we're here, why we're talking about this stuff, and I think because uh... we love it. <laughs> to put it simply, because we love it it's yeah it's 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 just amazing it's i sometimes have trouble Beyond with my words, words. apparently <laughs> I, it's hard I to articulate my words sometimes and i get emotional and i i just i just want to cry so much because it's just so beautiful and i just <laughs> <laughs> now that is great audio <laughs> we're definitely keeping that oh yeah of course all right let's move on to our next segment for today's episode a little segment i like to call 20 years 20 movies now the title is completely false because really it's 20 years 80 movies because it is our best and worst movie of the year and we're going to start with the year 2019 because 2020 honestly hasn't had that many movies and most of them from reviews haven't been that good (laughs) so we're going to start with 2019 I i don't know if i've even been to a theater yet this year like I don't think, think I yeah, I went to okay, I did go see Bad Boys for Life this year. That's all I've seen though. That's I... all I've got to see in the theaters since before lockdown. 
Yeah, no, I don't know. I can't actually think of any, but I, it could be I'm just forgetting it, which that doesn't bode well for movies so far this year if I'm forgetting <laughs> what I've gone to. Yeah. And to be fair, we didn't get into the summer rush, right? Like, all the best movies really are coming up in the time we're at right now, that April, May, June, July kind of period. Uh, hopefully, we'll get some really good movies in theaters still this year before uh, before the oh, year ends, see how this whole thing goes. Or else, you know, the 2020 Oscars are just going to be like... <laughs> cool man <laughs> like well there is some movies <laughs> yeah exactly so today we're going to talk about our best movie and worst movie from the year of 2019 and we'll start and with you are, ethan these are just our opinions these are our personal preferences there's no these are yeah these are just no opinions. critical expertise behind any of this it's just what we like and it's just what you like and if you want to explain kind of what you like about it um the things you love and or the things you don't like about can be as long as short as you want and then uh, of course i'll jump in and give opinions on yours and you can jump in and give your thoughts on mine and if we have seen them at all so um oh yeah if we've seen them i guess we haven't seen them but yeah start with the uh the best i guess sorry what was that (laughs) (laughs) sorry my phone was on just like i heard i I think star wars was that was yeah, Star it was Wars? Star Wars. It was Star Wars, yeah. One was, music <laughs> cue and I just knew. <laughs> I was listening to uh I was just listening to uh, one of the soundtracks there. And then I was just an email popped up and then <laughs> turned off my music. I was like, "Okay, I don't know how that works, but I turned it down." Okay, now. I want to okay. Can Going I make a guess at the soundtrack? Can I I want to just quickly make a guess at the soundtrack and I think I'm going to be wrong cuz like it sounded like every Star Wars soundtrack. But it was pretty much the French ones, yeah. Or the trip. episode five? Maybe it was French horns. What's that? Was it episode five? It was. Amazing. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Yeah. No, I, I need to leave my house, apparently. <laughs> you spend way too much time in your house. I, hey man, it's got all my stuff and I like it here. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. Oh um, man, yeah, no, Star well, Star Wars music really is one of, like, it's just the most iconic music out there. Like, along with it's any the other John the Williams movie. score, right? Like, it is. If you had Star Wars without the John Williams score, without the music, it'd be like, this is hardly well, no, interesting. The cool, thing, the cool thing with him and with, with Star Wars in general is he actually essentially saved cinematic music. Because everything in the 70s was a synth score, and then... yeah. They came out with Star Wars, and it was like, hey, here's this big orchestral thing, and suddenly all these sci-fi movies and stuff like that started having this orchestra-sounding thing. And it's just, like, like Star Wars, what Star Wars did for the film industry, this is a whole other conversation, so we shouldn't get into it, otherwise we're going to be here for days. We'll literally um, be here for days, yeah. But, like, Star Wars honestly really shaped cinema for years after the 70s and 80s like it really had such an impact and it's you can you can tell like you can look at like my well, favorite you can see comparison, its influence in everything yeah uh my favorite comparison is episode four came out the same year as logan's run and they're both right. sci-fi movies but when you put those side by side one aged really really well and spoiler <laughs> alert it's not logan's run <laughs> <laughs> you have one guess which one it was <laughs> And it wasn't Logan's run. It wasn't. That's my hint. It wasn't Logan's run. You can guess now. <laughs> um, was it Star Wars by any chance? Yes, it was. How'd you know? 
Yeah, no, that. And if you watch any documentary or read articles on the making of Star Wars, uh, you know, it, yeah, it blows you away how much impact it's really had on the film industry uh, going forward. Well, Especially you talk about special effects, you talk about music, um, cinematography, just just incredible. Or you know, and creating set pieces and the practical effects and stuff that they used, amazing. So, uh, best movies for 2019 and... Uh, oh, yeah. So, back to this. Best movies so, for 2019. I guess... Actually, yeah, no. This, go is ahead. A good seg- this is a good segue for me because surprisingly... Um, so, a Star Wars movie came out this year. And surprisingly, right. it's not my favorite movie of the year. Normally, it is. But it isn't this year. Um, and that's because an amazing movie uh, called Jojo Rabbit came out. And... Oh, did you see it or... I have not seen it. Okay, so it is... just just a brief. <laughs> okay, no, I'll let you talk, and then I'll I'll, I'll talk later. Go so ahead. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give away too much about it because, like, obviously, I don't want to ruin it for you. I cannot recommend this movie enough. It I saw I've seen it once, and it was a few months ago, and I'm still just absolutely enamored by it. I just love it. I just anytime I think about it, I get a smile on my face. It's heartwarming heartbreaking hilarious but handles topics especially since it's dealing with world war ii and nazis and hitler youth like it handles those really 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 well in just a really honestly one of the best ways i've seen a world war ii movie handled like it it walks the line so finely and like before i saw it i'd always say that there are two people who could make this movie taika watiti or mel brooks and after seeing Mm -hmm. it Honestly, no, Taika Waititi is the only person who could have pulled this project off. Like, um, my top film of the decade was Ready Player One for the last few years. Well, since Ready Player One came out, which I think was actually only two years ago. Yeah, um, it wasn't very long ago, yeah. Jojo Rabbit dethroned it. Like, <laughs> that was my answer. And then I watched Jojo Rabbit. And I'm like, no, actually, I think it's possibly my top film of the decade. Like, that is how strongly I feel about this movie. The soundtrack is just really fun and really good. Suits the film really well. The acting is on point. Um, the way they portray... its Once again, I don't want to give away too much, but like the way they portray um, the Nazis in this, since you're following around Germans, the adults are very goofy and bumbling. Mm-hmm. But then the kids, like when as soon as you're dealing with the Hitler Youth, that's where like the horror of what this actually was really comes from. And I, I really like that, and I appreciate that because it's taking away the power from those people. And also expressing how actual, actually terrible this is. So it's making them look like incompetent doofuses, but also, right. ex- also explaining or showing how this was actually a massive threat. And I love it. Like, it's just, I said, I can't recommend it enough and I can't really go into it too much without, uh, without too many, like, feel free to talk though. Is, like, I will see it. Yeah. Taika Waititi as Hitler is perfect casting and like he just he's hilarious in it and it man no I, I'm just I'm just smiling thinking about it like I just get I just get it's weird to get happy about a movie when it's World War Two, but like just the way it was handled <laughs> yeah so that's yeah let's do you have any questions about it or anything you have that you want to talk to about it or do you want to move on to your best film no, I, I just want to I just want to touch on that a little bit because I think that is a that's a great choice. Uh, I've heard nothing but good things about Jojo Rabbit. 
Um, so just just a little disclaimer here. Uh, 2019 was a pretty crazy year for my family. Like we were in the hospital for a lot of it, and uh, we just had a we had a little baby boy, but he was born three months premature. He's doing great now, fantastic, real strong little dude crawling around, causing all sorts of chaos. You may even hear him in the background from time to time on this podcast. <laughs> it's that, but, or it's so, me. It's me crying over. It, it could be you crying too from time to time. You never yeah. know. Ethan, you suck. The no, existential no, no. dread sets in, and I just start <laughs> sobbing uncontrollably. Every once in a while, eh? Um, oh. So my my list of 2019 movies wasn't very long, how many I did see. But t- Jojo Rabbit is on that list. And mainly because I just love what Taika Waititi brings to the table. He's such a unique storyteller. Oh, yeah. And how he communicates and, like you said, walks this line between that, like, comedy. But, like, he can also get into some really dark topics but yet it still remains watchable for everyone. You can still consume it. Like, it's not too heavy, right? Well, like, he's I have, just I a master see, at balancing that out. I've yet to see a film of his that I've disliked. And, like, if you actually look at his filmography, there's not a huge list of movies he's made, but every one of them has been that I've seen, because I haven't seen everything that he's done. But yeah. They've all... They walk really that line between they, the dark and the the comedic like even what we do in the shadows like if you That's like fantastic. If you, if you, oh yeah i love that movie it <laughs> that movie cracks me up i absolutely love it but even in there like you have kind of like some dark horror themes too or some you know like weird shit but yet you don't really see it that way like just how he presents it and tells his stories are just yeah they're unique they're fascinating and it is very much like him like he's a very unique person just in his personality and you know the angle that he comes from in his life so just i yeah i absolutely love taika watiti and i'm glad he got the opportunity to make thor ragnarok because i think that pushed him really into the mainstream oh yeah because before he was making like the the rest of those movies were really indie stuff but now but still fantastic look what he's doing look what he's doing oh yeah they were really good movies but i'm glad he's now in the mainstream right and even thor ragnarok when you look at that that's one of the darkest movies in the MCU when you consider everything that happens. Like, Odin dies. All Thor's friends die. He loses Mjolnir. He loses his hair. You know, uh... The foundations <laughs> are strong, and we can rebuild. <laughs> well, that's exactly it. Asgard is destroyed. Like, there's... He loses an eye. Like, so many dark things happen in that movie, but you don't really wa- realize you're watching, like, a it's, really dark it's, movie. It's If you that took line, the comedy right? out... Yeah, if you took that comedy out, you'd be like, God, this movie's depressing as hell. If you took that comedy out, you'd have every other Thor movie. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much, right? Except this one would be way more depressing. (laughs) I like the first Thor movie, though. I think that's an underrated movie. Oh, yeah. We'll we'll probably get to that later. The second one wasn't that great. Honestly, when it comes to the Marvel movies, even when I think about, like, the ones that I'm not a huge fan of, like, I still like, like, they're still good movies. They're just not, like... Like, I always hate that when people say, like, oh, man, if I say this movie's my least favorite, like, talk about Back to the Future quickly, it's like, oh, it bounces between, but it's like Back to the Future 2 is my least favorite Back to the Future movie, but I still love Back to the Future 2. You can have a least favorite movie and still like it and still enjoy it. Yeah, it doesn't mean you absolutely hate it. You're not saying this is a piece of trash. We live in a world of extremes, though, right? People are like, you either love it or you hate it. It's, it's like, like or I'm in the middle most of the time. Yeah, it's <laughs> kind of where seen, I live. I've seen plenty of movies that have been just okay. Oh, maybe yeah. that. Oh, I might have changed my answer for my least favorite movie this year. 
Oh. Yeah, maybe. We'll have to wait and see. But I think Jojo Rabbit's a great one. That's one I'm looking forward to. It's next on my list of things I have to catch up to from 2019. Like, most of the movies from 2019 I have to watch, especially all the good ones. Like, I got to see Ford versus Ferrari still. Yep. Um... Uh, I didn't watch Marriage Story. I got to watch yep. Jojo Rabbit. What was the other one? Do you see The Lighthouse? No, The Lighthouse I got to see. I really want to see that's, that. That's That was my second pick. That was, uh, that was... Ad Astra, I don't want to see. I heard that was garbage. I've heard I've heard so mixed things on it, but... Yeah. If I can... So that's, that's not really on my list. Like, if I get to it, I get to it. But if I don't... I did see The Irishman, which is hilarious, because that's the longest one. No, I, I haven't <laughs> seen I that one I did see yet. that one. I did see it. It was on Netflix, so it was free, so it was easy for me to watch. But it's on our list. Anyway, but we have yeah. like the thing for us here is like we're we're basically uh, anytime we look at movies to watch, it's like well we can watch one three hour movie or we can watch two hour and a half movies. <laughs> what are we in the mood for today? It all depends. Exactly. But no, I think I think Jojo Gra- uh, Jojo Rabbit Jojo Rabbit Jojo Rabbit was a that's a great pick. It's, that's a great pick. Man, I love Taika like, Waititi, and I can't wait to watch it. I can't I can't recommend it enough. It's like I said, I just get I get giddy when I think about it. And I once again, I shouldn't because of the t- topic and subject matter, but I just get happy. But uh, Do you have um any honorable mentions? Uh The Lighthouse from 2019? Is definitely one of them. The Lighthouse was just a fantastic very low budget film about two men who just go crazy and it's phenomenal and it's shot like an old like if you Showed it it's black that, and white, right? It's black and white. They actually shot it on, yeah. um, I think, with the same lenses that they shot old movies back in the forties on. Okay. So like, it looks it looks like an old movie from the forties. It's just handled really well. The acting is phenomenal. Robert Pattinson and uh, Willem Dafoe. If you ever, if anybody ever says Robert Pattinson can't act because of Twilight, no. Watch The Lighthouse and all of it. Like, watch his indie stuff, and no, he's amazing. He's fantastic the guy knows how to act like and that that's another thing that i've heard too especially about like robert panson um like a lot of people like you know you judge him like oh it's that guy from twilight and it's spe- and especially because after twilight he did kind of fall off the map and go into those indie things but he's definitely been working his craft and a lot of the movies i've heard about that he's been in it's like he's just been a fantastic actor so i'm actually really excited to see now that he's kind of coming back into more uh i guess mainstream film yeah like he's gonna be the batman right and the batman coming up um i'm so curious i'm really excited to see how far he's grown since the last time i've seen him because i've heard he's just become a phenomenal actor oh yeah and as like it's a weird movie it's a really weird movie like don't expect a normal movie when you watch lighthouse but right <clears throat> but trust me it's it's worth the watch it's really really well done really well made and it was made for a very low budget and it doesn't show like it's just it's if it, four million's a low budget but i mean for some people well yeah especially now in hollywood right <laughs> whenever you're <laughs> talking about the next talking about uh, low budget my best uh movie of 2019 and this does have the asterisk beside it because again i haven't seen all the 2019 movies that i want to so this does have a biz- big asterisk but uh this one had a huge budget compared to your you yep. know 400 million this was about 500 million to make by the time you know all said and done advertising and the such uh and that is I'm sure you could guess it avengers endgame i don't want to be like a basic bitch 
I mean, too late, Matt. Too late. <laughs> but that this was the best movie I saw um, all year. And maybe people would say, well, arguably, from like a technical standpoint, not the best movie or whatever, didn't win awards, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but it is definitely the movie that I connected with or enjoyed the most so far. And again, I haven't seen a lot of 2019 movies, so it's kind of, you know, there's that asterisk maybe beside it. Maybe it'll get dethroned. Who knows? I... Maybe. Yeah. Like, as soon as, like, Jojo Rabbit's number one on my, like, what to watch in 2019 list. But Avengers Endgame, uh, you know, I think it did have an unfair advantage. I do have some honorable mentions I'll touch on afterwards as well. Um but it really has an unfair advantage over the other movies because it really is the culmination of 11 years of storytelling, yeah. right? The final battle against Thanos. Is this movie individually by itself better than the other movies I have in my honorable mention? Maybe, maybe not. Depends who you are. But it does have that 11 years of storytelling advantage, right? That really elevates it. Yeah. Uh, for sure. But for me, like the movie, it wasn't... It was, go ahead. What were you going to say? Oh no! I'm just, I, I like I have, I have opinions on Endgame, but I want to hear yours first, and then oh, okay, cool. Then Sounds I'll make good. you cry afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> then you'll make me cry, absolutely, probably. So yeah, I'll just be like, it's the baby. It's not, it's not me. I'm not crying. You're crying. <laughs> man, I'm not can, crying. Man, You're I can crying. see you on the video call. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, so for me, there's kind of like four things um, that really. Uh, made this movie stand out above just the you know 11 years of storytelling stuff because that that's an easy crutch to lay you know just to lean on um but there were four things that really stood out to me uh number one was the score i thought the score was really well done in endgame and it really encapsulated like the epic scope of you know the the big moments like that final battle right like especially you got everyone lining up they're coming out of the portals and you got that dun 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 dun. Like, then eventually, you know, the Avengers theme. Avengers uh, assemble. assemble, but he like whispers it so like no one hears him. <laughs> but yet they're all. Everyone's like, like, wait, what do you say? Avengers assemble. I'm Batman. What, was that, what? What did he just call me? Did you say something. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, no, I think the score really encapsulated. Like, it had those big moments, the build up. I thought it was great, especially in the final battle. But it also had that subtle, I'm going to call it subtle grandness, you know, of, I think of back to the beginning of the film of like Tony's possible, you know, last moments. And as the camera yep. stares like out into the unending void of space, like you just get this, like, it's so soft, it's so quiet, but you get this swell. And honestly, when I think about that, it again, gives me goosebumps, right? Like, the thing I love about score, too, like I said earlier, it communicates things that can't be communicated in words, right? Like, music is just such a powerful part of film. And in Avengers Endgame, I think I think they nailed the score. Like, it was just so well done. Well, it had those great epic moments, but it also had those moments that were just so soft and tender. Uh, and Honestly, whether man, it that's needed Alan's, to feel like... That's... That's yeah. Alan Silvestri for you, man. That's he's yeah, a fantastic a- composer, like, and like I honestly, he's one of my go-to composers to listen to because he did Back to the Future, he did Ready Player One, like right, and that's just my two favorite scores that he did. But like the list is yeah, like, huge. Like it's like I, just, like these are good enough. Like I listen to, I honestly listen to them in the car. There's a lot of movie scores that I'll listen to driving around. Like I don't listen to rap. I'm like I'm gonna put on 
Avengers. My wife absolutely hates it. She's like, well, I can't just listen to normal ass music. But I'm like, ah, whatever, it's fine. <laughs> well, I get I get told the same thing by a lot of my friends too. It's like I'll be playing a score and they're like, wow, you're kind of a nerd. And I'm like, shh, the music's amazing. Shut up. Like, don't worry about it. Just enjoy it. It's great. Yeah, just it's great. How does this music make you feel? Think about yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Just... And it and it and it drags you right back into those moments too, right? Like you pick them up and you're like, oh yeah, I'm right back into that moment. Uh, oh, yeah. So yeah, number one for me and the movie that made it really stand out is the score. It was top notch score, top notch score. Uh, second was pace. The pacing actually worked really well for me. I know it didn't work well for everybody, um, but Avengers Endgame clocks in at about three hours and two minutes, and I never felt like I was watching it for that long. Uh, it wasn't as quick of a pace as Infinity War. Obviously, Honestly. Infinity War, there was, like, a lot of things going on. It was, like, next thing, next thing, next thing, next thing. So that movie moved quick. It was still two and a half hours, but it moved quick. Uh, this was a slower pace, but it never felt like at any point that it was just dragging. Like, you're just looking at your watch, like, when's this movie over? Um, the time continued to move by smoothly. And uh, so the pacing really worked. And that can make or break a movie, right? Like, an hour and a half can feel like a four-hour movie if the pacing is terrible. Uh, three hours can feel like two. I mean, it's all about pacing uh, when at it comes the risk to of, how uh, the, the movie's going. But uh, yeah, no, the pacing worked for me. At the risk of going the opposite way of that, I honestly felt like it probably could have used an extra half hour. Like, not even joking. Like, it there's, it felt like, I don't know what even. I know when I first saw it, I had more ideas of what it could have been. But it felt like right there could have just been like an extra half hour of something in there. And I wouldn't have complained, honestly. Like, it was, it's as you said, like, the pacing was really good. I didn't feel like it was too long. I don't find myself getting bored or, well, I'm done watching this movie now and it's an hour in. Why the heck is it only an hour in? Like, I just, I find. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. It's well paced, but I, honestly, it's, it's, I could use more all the time. I could always use more. um, And, like, I, I, I. yeah, that, and that's the hard thing too, right? When it comes to like, oh, we could always use more, but like if we added more, maybe it would throw off the pacing. Like depends what they had filmed, right? Like or what scenes, uh, you know, were taking over. I would have liked to see more, I guess. Like my big thing too, I guess I, even in the middle, I would have liked to see like while they're doing the time traveling thing, a little bit more like action segments or a couple bit more like flashy things. I know they pretty much saved it for the whole last third of the film, which was last hour, which was you know, great. That ending was like awesome. I guess, you know, we'll talk about that in a sec. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, like even if they added an extra half hour, I could see them having more opportunity to kind of play in these worlds. Um, you know, like Don Cheadle and, uh, uh, War Machine and Nebula, right? Like they were just like dropped off there. They took out what, you know, <laughs> Peter Quill, like clotheslined him. And then it's like, well, this is our end of the journey here, or at least yep, for War we're Machine, done. Right? All right. Like, so I thought they could have done a little bit more, like on like areas like that, but, um, but yeah, the pacing it worked for me. I don't know if it would have worked if they added more stuff. That's hard to say, right? It's one of those things you just you don't know. But yeah, no, pacing was one of the things that definitely worked for me in this movie. Um, third third one was characters. Uh, I think the characters were used masterfully to tell the story, um, and you could arguably you could argue that characters are obviously a huge part of the MCU the whole time and it's kind of what gives it the heart and soul as it moves forward um but i just thought in this movie uh they get the story gave plenty of room for the characters to have like unique 
deep moments. Not just like unique, like Thor coming into Wakanda moments, or, you know, but like actual those emotional depths of the characters. Like it really, you're able to kind of dig into their psyche, their emotions, their feelings. And we weren't just like rushed along. Like Infinity War had a lot going on. So you never really had too many of those in-depth character moments. Um, I would say, except Thor and Rocket, I thought that was a great moment when they're yeah. on their way to Nivedalir, right? And he's talking about all the things he's lost. I was like, that was a fantastic scene. But you didn't get a lot of those in Infinity War. Endgame, it slowed down, and it gave us some great character depth. There was um, a lot of people dealing with the loss, dealing with that kind of stuff. And that's, I think actually that's, no, that was that was what I wanted a half hour more of, was them coming to terms with what happened right and right. seeing that five-year gap and realizing the the scope and the impact of what happened because like you you scratch the surface on it but there's still a lot of questions is like wait what's going on like what exactly happened yeah exactly how are people and like, adjusting like and what... yeah like you said you can only do like so much too anyway keep going yeah go ahead like what was the what was that hero life for those five years like, I want to kind of know what that was like for those people, like, for how they had to... Did they have a lot of crime to stop, or did a bunch of the criminals disappear? Like, I'm really curious yeah. about that five-year gap. I'm really, really curious, and, like, maybe we'll get movies that kind of explore that at some point. Who knows? Well, if Black Widow does really well, I could see us getting a sequel that takes place somewhere in that five-year gap. Because clearly she's kind of running, like, the show at the moment. Oh, exactly. Uh, when we pick up an endgame, right? Like, after that five-year gap. So I'm sure she was doing something in between. But oh, if yeah. we got a Black Widow sequel, I'm sure it would be in that time space. Because you can't go forward, obviously, but... Arguably, yeah, she's yeah, most qualified. Yeah, space to go back. <laughs> Arguably, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no doubt, right? Uh, I, think some of the, I think some of the great character moments in endgame, though... Um, I think Thor's struggles, right? Like, it was played off kind of comedic at first. Like, you're laughing. Like, oh, ha, ha, he's fat. But then you realize it's just kind of a visualization for, like, you know, the depth and torment. And it kind of goes back to even that moment with Rocket in, in uh, Infinity War, right? Like, what else do I have left to lose? It's like, clearly a lot, man. Like, you've totally given up now. Like, I feel What's... so bad for Thor. Like, he's lost so much in the MCU, like, over the course of the last just couple films. <laughs> like, yeah, it's depressing, damn. though, too, when you look at it. Like, cause it you is. Can la you can laugh it off, like, ha-ha, he gained this weight and stuff. But, like, but think but about there's real why. character well, depth think, there. Think about yeah. why he gained that weight, what he's doing, like, what what happened with his life that he went from being, especially at the beginning. And you, the thing is, you see that from the beginning of the film, he's angry, but he's still kind of doing fine. But then when he realizes... Yeah he can't actually stop anything or fix anything or save anyone yeah like there's just that there's there's an underlying tone of deep-seated depression with that and that's yeah it's it's real it's a tragic moment but i think if they would have gone full bore into that tragedy then it just i don't think it would have worked as well i think it would have just no you been, had to have that balance you need that balance right it just would have been another mopey sad broody hero guy and it's like we yeah don't, exactly. you don't really need that and it kind of showed layers of how different people cope with loss and cope with situations yeah. like that. And that, and that, and again, that was just like these character moments, this in-depth character uh, introspection, right? Is why I really loved Endgame probably a little bit more than Infinity War if I had to compare the two. Um, because I am a sucker for that kind of stuff, right? And again, uh, 
and you think about Thor, like you said, it shows the various layers. Like there's the ha ha, he's fat thing. But then as soon as he mentions Thanos, right? Like Hulk mentions Thanos in his hut. Like you see like the whole underlying layers of what's going on with this character. We don't and say then that to, here. <laughs> exactly, right? Like who killed that guy? I killed that guy. Well, technically it was Stormbreaker. Who swung Stormbreaker? Right? <laughs> <laughs> technically it was Stormbreaker. <laughs> um but then he has like those great moments too where he gets, you know, I'm still worthy. Mjolnir comes back to him when he's in the past. And, uh, you know, he gets his armor back like he's ready to rock. So even he has his own journey too, which is I'm great. also, I'm really, really happy that when he got his armor and everything like that, it suddenly wasn't like thunder he and he was ripped. It. Like, cause that, yeah. <clears throat> cause that, that defeats the purpose. <laughs> 100%. Like I'm cool yeah. by love and thunder. If he's ripped again, I'm fine with that. Yeah. But like. I'm just really glad it wasn't a quick fix of like, oh, I'm worthy and now I have this power. Like, I feel yeah, like... Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm fixed. Like, would have clearly still has things to work through. It would have undercut that. And I think, I, on the other side too, I think it raised the stakes a bit by not having him... As powerful. Yeah, because of course, like, he's not the apex of his physicality if he's like, you know, 300 pounds. <laughs> yeah, like, if, if he was like, if he was Infinity War Thor... He would have been able to at least take on Thanos competently. Like, in Endgame, you see, like, he gets his butt kicked by Thanos. Like, Thanos, like, hands it to him. And you're like, oh, yeah, he's not at his peak level of performance, right? And they kind of make a point, too, when he's like, I can use the gauntlet. You know what's running through my veins? <laughs> what, did, what did War Machine say? Like, mayo or something? Yeah. I, can't remember. I can't remember the line. But they kind of even make a point of that, too. Like, this isn't, Thor isn't at his you know peak right like no exactly he's not the thor you know um but i mean you could go on all day about thor's arc and endgame and the different layers and that's only one character i mean tony's got some great layers too he gets closure on his father uh which was you know just a great moment especially as you build up through the mcu giving I just, given his issues i just wish that uh we had a happy ending that's that's my, my one of my things i just like i understand it's you know good hero's journey all that stuff yeah, I just wanted him to have his family and just everything's cool and great and it's like I was really and hoping not die. <laughs> I was really I was really hoping that like they're watching the video of him at the end where it's like him giving his like farewell speech like if you see yeah. this I'm dead and then like when it gets turned off it's him turning it off being like well that was a close one like I was really <laughs> well, hoping that because that would be one. well that would be such a, that would be to me that would be such a Tony uh iron Tony man mo moment to just like be with his family watching the video of like i think i'm gonna die and yeah. like like well at least i didn't guys like hey let's celebrate now like i think that that's just that's just the the opposite of a cynic i guess in me i don't know what that would be the optimist in me i guess i just i, yeah. I would have liked that warm fuzzy ending and just kind of like you have it where he has his family he's now retired he saved the world so he can show up again later if you want, but we don't need yeah. him, right? He's just, he's retired. He's done. And, like, we didn't get that, and that's okay. Like, it still works. It just, there's a part of me that's like, oh. I wish like, it was sweet and not bittersweet. His poor his poor child and wife. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that moment when, like, Happy's sitting on the, like, the bench with the, his kid there, Morgan. I want cheeseburgers. And she, and she's like, he's like, your dad loved cheeseburgers. I was like, oh, my heart. Uh. <laughs> my heart. <laughs> yeah, that was, and that was so well acted by, like, John Favreau, too. I was like, man, that is, that, that was well acted. That was a well acted moment uh let's see i got oh, yeah. a couple more on my list here i don't want to spend all day talking about characters 
years. But I mean, you could, right? Like yes. that's what I loved about this movie. There's so many of these moments. Um, Tony giving his shield back to Captain America. I thought it was a great moment. Uh, just that that reconnecting. That um, what's the word? Um, well, it's patching uh, things up after they're. Yeah, then there's a word for it. I can't really remember it at the time. Uh, uh, reconcile. Like the reconciliation yeah. of those characters, right? After the split. And I was thinking about too, because they have been separated from a long for a long time. Like 2016 Civil War happened. And while we're watching the movie, that was three years ago. But now add five years in between that, right? Like now you're talking about like eight, nine. Like they've been not friends for a long time. Like it's been... It's been some time since they've had their moments. They've together, been so. they've been quiet friends though, because there was that. Yeah, uh, they're always. Was friends, it at the right? end of? Was it the end of Civil War where Cap sends him Got a the cell phone? phone? Yeah, 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 yeah. And then they never use it. <laughs> but yeah, but then to actually be like, uh, um, to actually have that moment of coming back together was really nice. And if you look at uh, how Cap says thank you. So here's just a little thing to watch next time you watch it. You maybe even notice this. When Cap says thank you and Iron Man gives him back the shield is the exact same way that Sam says it at the end when Cap gives Sam the shield. They both have it, their arm like outstretched. They look down in a certain way and they look back up and they say thank you in like the exact certain way. I'm like, it was such a beautiful just... Uh, oh, after parallel? Reflection. Yeah, parallel of between like, you know, handing the shield over from one to the other. You'll have to watch it next time you watch. Like, just, like, watch their physicality and, like, how they say it and their head motion. You're like, damn. I'm like, damn, that's the exact same way as Cap said it. It was awesome. Um, I'll watch let's see here. Um, Natasha's sacrifice and how the group mourned her. I thought that was a really good moment. Uh, they could have just brushed over that really quick and got right to putting the stones in the glove kind of thing. But they gave those, like, core characters that moment to you know, deal with their grief and clearly in very different ways, right? Well, that's where I felt like the only problem I had with that, though, is they dealt with their grief, but then at the end, they're having a memorial just for Tony. For Tony. Yeah, and it's yeah, like, yeah. They're, they're like, we talked about, like, we, <laughs> we already talked about Black Widow. She's good. We've had a joint effort here, like a joint, like, hey, we lost team members. Yeah, like, yeah. What about all the Wakandan soldiers and... <laughs> I'm assuming guess, yeah, other right. people died. I'm I'm just yeah. guessing. I'm assuming other people have probably had their own individual funerals. I don't know. But like yeah, I get I get what you're saying too, and that was a point I think many people brought up, but uh, But like yeah, like I, I think they, they, they give still, her a sec. But there was still like, that's exactly it. They had a moment to grieve. They had a moment to acknowledge what had happened. And honestly I wish and they, I wish and they, they could obviously have brought her all, back, but yeah but I mean, and they obviously also... all loved her right like as, as characters like they're such a close like little knit group uh to lose one is like yeah that was like you could as tell bad it as it's gonna one. as bad as it's gonna sound i don't want to speculate too much about the future of the mcu because like i trust them to do what they will at the end of the day it's a comic book movie and comic books are notorious from bringing people back from the dead so do i view any of these deaths that happened permanent no, they very well could be reversed, and who knows? Absolutely, man. You never know who's going to come back, right? Or even it, if they like, oh, we're in a different multiverse, and we brought, you know, you know, well, from a parallel universe or different Exactly, world, right? that's where any anything that's happened with Endgame, like, I think if they, ever, if they decided to wrap up all Marvel movies after Endgame, I think that they could comfortably have ended, and we wouldn't have to worry about getting another Marvel movie for years. Exactly, yeah. But that being said, with them going moving forward, 
honestly, I don't think I'd ever complain if they brought back any of the characters they killed off. I feel like that sacrifice would still be there for what it is. Like, obviously not by the next Absolutely, movie. Absolutely, yeah. Like, <clears throat> like, if by Doctor Strange they're all suddenly back to life, I think that would kind of undercut it. But, like, yeah. even give it, like, three three years from now, if suddenly they're bringing people back. I they, I wouldn't complain, yeah. No, not and at I, all. I, and I think, too, like, um, never, no one, if they do bring characters back, like, if they do bring back, like, a Tony Stark, and they do bring back a Black Widow, uh, they won't be at the same kind of level because the MCU would have moved on and they have so many different characters now to kind of share the spotlight with yeah. and to like raise up, especially these new ones like Black Panther and Doctor Strange and Captain Marvel. Um, you wouldn't be able to have Tony Stark come in and be like, I'm taking over this movie. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to be a big player again. Like, he could come in as a certain minor role. But I don't think they'd ever still have the same uh, level, you know, over a movie. As no, they did it, before, exactly. But, but yeah, um, did I have one more in here? just looking at my notes i wrote down oh um even just like nat and steve's convo like when they're talking about you know uh the world over that sandwich right like just peanut butter and jelly sandwich two of them right like i'm gonna throw the sandwich at you yeah (laughs) i could have watched like that for like probably half hour like just the conversation between the two characters yeah so there's so many examples of what endgame did really well especially when it comes to diving into these different character layers and the depths they just use their characters well it wasn't a rush job yeah like infinity war again you could say that was a rush job right they had so many different characters trying to balance so many things but by snapping away half of them and leaving your core group that gave obviously a lot more opportunity to dig into these characters and no definitely. i think they did a fantastic job with the characters yeah um last part uh fourth thing that worked really well for me was uh the epic moments epic moments epic moments yep. movies like this need epic moments right like they do and endgame had some serious show stoppers uh the last hour like i said was like holy damn <laughs> like, show that whole last hour that last whole hour was like this is probably the best thing i'm gonna see all year <laughs> and at that point it, you know it honestly was because after that i don't know i didn't see too many movies after april um i mean when the big three take on uh, thanos right you get that fight between the three of them cap wielding mjolnir what a moment like we talked about that already right the theater like yep. exploded like if, you, if you're in a theater with people who just love that moment like oh my gosh when when mjolnir flies past thor and into cap's hand it was like oh shit well, like, and the music of that moment too was fantastic like again i want to say the cap the theme came back right like the cap theme from the first avenger came back yeah that's honestly one of my favorite yeah it was yeah it was great um iron i am iron man obviously the snap was you know a pretty big epic moment you know kind of finished the whole thing off uh wanda versus thanos was probably one of my favorite moments in that too bag. short it was too short it, it, it was definitely it was, too short but it was but if pretty it badass kept, here's man. the thing if it would have kept going it would have been over like that would have been the end yeah, of the movie she would have dude she could have killed thanos hands down just like, ripped him in half like it's like, suddenly an r rating yeah oh oh man that was such a good scene she just flies down there she's like you took everything from me he's like i don't even know who you are you will like just how she said like oh yeah you will i was like oh shit i wouldn't want to mess with her i'm excited what they're gonna do with her in the next movies because like every movie she seems to get stronger and stronger and stronger right and wandavision i'm I'm excited for wandavision like kind of leading up to yeah exactly ultimately Um, her power i think she's in doctor strange too the second one as well yeah she will i believe she's also in that movie because yeah wandavision leads into doctor strange too yeah 
Um, yeah, so anything she, with Ant Man and the Wasp. She's a great character. Anything yeah, with Ant Man and the Wasp, they were also fantastic. Like Ant Man throughout the movie, but like anytime they give um, Evangeline Lilly the uh, screen time as the Wasp, I just get excited. Like it, that's why I loved the second Ant Man movie because she was great throughout that. Like it's just, I don't know, man. Like they just they've they've hit a decent stride with their characters. I find oh for sure like, yeah especially like in the last. Like, if you watch, like, the older MCU movies, it's, like, there's some hit, you know, you got that hit and miss. But I think uh, leading up to, I think once they get to Phase 3, honestly, it's it's pretty solid throughout. Like, the only, Phase, like, like... The only problem sometimes is it does become a bit formulaic, and you kind of know where the characters are going to go and what they're doing. And, like, yeah, there's, there's a bit of a side rant for me just with Marvel movies in general, where it seems like a lot of the movies now, instead of being their own characters movies and it's problems like like i had problems with uh cat marvel and the spider-man movies for this is that instead of it being its own spider-man movie or its own captain marvel movie it's basically hey this is a precursor to the avengers movie right and i feel like like that like they make good movies still at the end of the day but like as a fan of these heroes i don't care if they're part of the avengers i just want a good superhero experience i just want yeah a good captain marvel movie i don't care if it sets up her connection to the avengers i don't care if that just happens and same thing with spider-man let him be spider-man don't worry about him being the next iron man i just want him to be spidey spider-man like, exactly that's that's, that's i hope what they kind of get i hope they do get to that more on like the third one i think it is kind of like I, I get kind of what they're doing like it is a coming of age story like, I guess he still needs to build, like, his own confidence in himself to a certain degree. But, like, let him do that um, in the streets of New York. You don't need to have him doing that overseas or anything like that. Like, it's... Yeah, yeah. And it's... I'm thinking... I'm hoping with most of their movies they do... I know they're setting up the multiverse, and that'll totally probably throw a wrench into a lot of things. But, like, I, I like the individual films a lot. Some of my favorite movies are always the first... Um, first of the series like i love the first cap the most i like the first thor the most i like the I like doctor strange because it doesn't really tie in like it does because the stones are there but that's not really it, yeah. same thing with um ant-man like it's <clears throat> there are things that i just i like it when it's a good standalone story and i don't necessarily need a crossover every single movie right i don't need to be building to that crossover because we know they're in the same universe we know they exist in the same yeah universe. we we get it at this point i think everyone's in on it <laughs> no i don't, I don't right? need a wink and a nod of nod of like well, oh yeah, yeah. This, I, this. I guess i wouldn't say everyone because you know there's like a lot of the mainstream movie going audience like some of them still don't really know or some of them are just dipping their feet in even after 10 11 years right not everyone's like i've been to a comic book movie hey why is it um, batman some in get, this avengers movie <laughs> exactly or like some people get confused like they'll go to dc and be like how does this connect to iron man you know what i mean like so like the mainstream movie audience isn't generally as connected as most of you know us are who love these films and films you know in general um so i guess sometimes you still got to do a little bit of hand holding but i think for the most part most people have kind of you know jumped on the bandwagon they got it figured out but yeah yeah no absolutely I, you know i agree with you those those individual movies also are gold and what make the mcu i think special too right because you have those big ones that are all together but you also have these more intimate, smaller stories, too, where the well, stakes again, aren't if, as high, which is what you need, if, right? You need that back and forth. If Iron Man wasn't a good standalone movie, 
we wouldn't have the MCU. You wouldn't have the MCU. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like, if Iron like Man would have crashed and failed, it would have been like, oh, no, too bad. Well, that's right. Like, I know the Hulk didn't, like, Incredible Hulk didn't really succeed. But at the Dude, same I time, I like that movie, though. I good. still really enjoy it. Yeah, I enjoy it. I was going to say, man, I like that movie. It still did something right in order to continue on the franchise, right? Because, like, yeah. And then obviously we got Thor, Captain America. Like we, we could, I don't need to go through the whole list of all of it. Like yeah, like and then we have this, and then this, and then and this, then this, and then this. And then, and then, uh, yeah, yeah, no, my, for sure. My like. only real complaints with Endgame was yeah. their time travel mechanics, and it's such a nitpick. Like it's such a stupid nitpick that I have with it. But it's like, I, 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 yeah, they set up rules, then they lock them down, then they ignore the rules, and they say don't worry about the rules. But then like, there are so many like cap going back in time and living his life with peggy just irreparably changes the timeline that just completely changes the timeline something is broken there and then how and does like, the old man cap end up in the same timeline then spot and timeline is them yeah like that that was, like, what, yeah, so that was many... one of the things i was like if you think about some of the rules they send in place you're like and then what they actually act like executed and did you're kind of like well, something's not adding up quite right well and it's time travel is a hard thing to tackle I'll, like i understand yeah. that but at the same time it isn't because we've had a lot of successful time travel movies before so it's just it's about setting up rules and sticking to those rules yeah you shouldn't necessarily especially when it comes to time travel because it's such a weird Sticky topic, topic. Y- yeah you probably shouldn't break the rules but at the end of the day it's also it's a sci-fi and fantasy movie it just it irks me when i think about the time travel because it just makes me like <laughs> I like I'll I'll think about it and I'll start spiraling and just get like angry You're like no this doesn't work because this thing no what about this guys yeah no and it's like Ethan it's a movie calm down just relax. <laughs> take it easy <laughs> yeah come back if you could just yeah if you can ignore the time travel little rule things and just be like yeah I'll just accept well, it for what it is then you're okay but yeah I I can't it's hard can't. to do those things yeah I, I can and I can't because there's one moment that I'll never forgive them for and it's 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 when Star Lord and Gamora reunite i i will never ever forgive them for her not remembering him because that is the most heartbreaking and emotional moment in that entire movie for me because right. I, I just i just i have such like i love the guardians i have such a connection with them and then suddenly it's like he remembers her she doesn't remember him and then it just like that's like i didn't cry throughout the entire movie except for that exchange and like it's a comedic moment i shouldn't be crying but i'm like no this isn't fair star lord should get a happy ending what is this why does she yeah no that that, like, that was like when you think about it, it is a sad moment right because it it's still hurt, like man. it is gamora but like all those events that really shaped her to you know and brought her and quill together never happened in her timeline like for her, none of that has happened. She has no idea who they are, and exactly he, he who's been building this—he's been building this relationship with her for the last two movies, and I guess six years. Yeah, twenty fourteen to now. Yeah. So six, I guess no, and then six years plus, and then plus five. No, because they were um, not—they don't get the five because they were uh, snapped. Oh right, yeah. So like they, so like yeah, so like essentially five years of that relationship building is just gone like it's just disappeared and wiped and like but it isn't for him but it is for her and that just that's hard to mention well exactly not to mention we haven't seen her interact with the other characters who probably also feel the same way it's yeah this person who they've been friends with and close with for five years they've traveled with for five years is suddenly there but not there like and it just yeah i'm i'm really i'm mad about it but i'm also really excited about it because i want to see how this plays out and what happens I, yeah I mean, I especially know. when you're going into guardians 3 right 
and I'm I'm waiting on bated breath for that. Like I am so excited for Guardians. The Guardians are my favorite Marvel movies. Like they're I just just gotta get that out there. Like they're <laughs> they are fantastic. I, like they're I really good, well made movies. They're the least Marvel movies out there in this franchise, yeah. and they work super well as just a solo standalone sci fi series as well as tied in with the MCU. Yeah, and like I just like the second one makes me just cry every time i watch it i could go on for guardians i'm not going to because chances are we'll talk about it in the future <laughs> but uh no like i, yeah. I enjoyed endgame overall I, I i agree with you i don't I thought it's still not my top pick because there are other movies i enjoyed more but like it's it was good also i'm realizing i'm having a hard time remembering what came out in 2019 because it feels like we're simultaneously in 2019 but also 2019 <laughs> feels like it yeah. was two years ago but it was has like 2020 even started i, I don't know <laughs> has it started has it finished where are we what's going on what exactly what what, what exactly are we yeah we're gonna have to do some time travel and figuring this whole thing out and yeah so yeah avengers ultimately when it came to end game you know it wasn't the movie i was definitely expecting going in i thought there was gonna be way more like act you know what i mean action like kind of what they did in this last hour i thought yep. that was gonna be a bit more spread out uh, but I'm really happy with what we ended up with and how it got put together. Again, music, the character moments, uh, the pacing, and you know, just having those epic moments at the end, um, and just having that much deeper character-driven story than Infinity War. I thought, uh, yeah, I thought Endgame was a great movie, a great way to kind of put a feather in the cap of the whole Infinity Stone storyline. Um, yes, and is, yeah, and that's an asterisk too, mark. right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. great way to end the chapter. Um, and that's an asterisk too. And then like they once released... I see other 2019 movies, that might change for me. But right now, Endgame's yeah. still top of my list. Yeah, and that's the thing though: is your opinion on movies and things can always change. Like, there's nothing saying that you can't. This is the way forever. Like, like, yeah. My my favorite movies have jumped around, like because it was Star Wars and it was Lord of the Rings, and then like honestly, Back to the Future, and like it it hops from time to time, right? Like that's the right. thing. Like you're never you're never tied into liking something forever or disliking something forever you can change your opinion and that's also the beauty of well any like life in general but when it comes to film like you're allowed to grow and change as a person and as you do some movies that you really like aren't going to be the same as uh like some movies like growing up you're going to go back and revisit and not like and there's going to be other movies you didn't like growing up you'll go back and revisit and be like oh i connect with this now i get this like, absolutely so and and like depends where you are in your life too right at that point even like how well, we I guarantee how we view and understand the movies that we're watching your perspective on father movies are probably way different than mine like, right you, you know being a dad like that's gotta definitely impact your vision on like like when i see a father-son movie my perspective's as the son looking at the dad like, yeah whereas for you it's kind of the opposite like it's your it is yeah yeah father, absolutely like, that's yeah and that's, I, I don't know, I like, like, that's another reason I love, like, going back to the first question from the very beginning, that's why I love film, is just it's those different opinions and different voices can add to the conversation. And that's, I think, yeah. a lot of people write it off as, like, opinions on movies being right or wrong, but the thing you need to understand when you're watching a movie or discussing a movie, everybody has a different walk of life that's going to give them a different perspective on the thing that we've watched. It's all subjective, as they say, right? Like, and it really is. And that's, but that's what makes it beautiful, in my opinion. Yeah. That's what makes it so. You can have one movie watched by 10 different people, and they'll each have a different experience on what they just sat through. But it exactly. will, 
but it can affect them profoundly each in their own way right like and that's yeah that's what makes it beautiful though um, now on to the worst films or <laughs> honorable mentions real quick for me all right i, I guess yeah. a, i just wrote a couple down that i was like these are still really good movies like toy story 4 was gold um, oh, yeah. Dolomite, Dolomite is my name. Did you watch that? No, I haven't yet. That's on my that list. That was the Eddie Murphy one. Oh, damn, Eddie! I got all I can say is Eddie Murphy's back, and I'm excited to see what he does with his next couple movies. But yeah, Dolomite was my is my name it was great. Um, I did watch The Irishman. It's fantastic, and of course, Joker. I really enjoyed Joker. I know me and you probably have different opinions on that, but it's in my honorable I, mentions. But I can't. I we'll can't dig comment into on it until later. I see it. I'm, oh I'm, right, I'm, right, right! You didn't see it yet. I'm yeah. apprehensive. I'm apprehensive about it, but I once again I need to see it before I can give a full opinion. Like that's right. I tr- I'm trying to be better at that. That's something over the years I haven't been great at, where I've prejudged a movie and been like, no, I'm gonna hate this going into it. Right. Like I should be open to the idea of what these movies can be, and like maybe maybe it's not my cup of tea, but that doesn't mean that it shouldn't be something that you like. Right, just because just because I don't connect with something or I don't like something doesn't mean someone else should also dislike it. Yes, that was a confusing way to say that, but you know what I mean. <laughs> I got what you're saying, buddy. I got what you're saying <laughs> for sure. But those are my uh, honorable mentions. Yeah. So let's move on to the worst movies of 2019. Do you want to kick this should one we call off? Or it, should... should we should we say it's worst movies or just our least favorite? Because like... it's more of a, yeah. It's not like when I say best and worst movie, it's not like the un you know unopposed this is the best and worst movie it's just really our own favorite something that didn't take and like, least favorite is, but best and worst I'll is let, just easy to explain it <laughs> i'll let you i'll let you lead it because like i have i have a small list of movies that just didn't like they all kind of hit me the same way where i was just not satisfied sure yeah but like so i'll let, I'll let you lead what was your what was i can your kick off this lead? one so my least favorite or worst movie depends on you want to say it of 2019 was uh, and I don't know if this is gonna be popular or not, but I don't care because this is how I feel. The Lion I was King. Say, okay, it, I was, I thought... it is. It is the Lion King. Like, and here, and here's my issue with the Lion King. And it's not like I hated the movie. Um, it's not like I hate the Lion King story. I love the Lion King story. Like, yeah. Lion King is still the original animated Disney classic. It's still one of my favorite movies to this day. As a kid, I loved it. As an adult, I still love it. So I'm not like hating on like, oh, I just hate Lion King. Like I love the Lion King story. Let me just put that out there. So when it comes who, to this, go ahead. I haven't, I haven't seen the, I haven't seen the remake of Lion King. Oh, okay. So I just have a quick question. Yeah. Set this up. Since I've seen the original one, do I need to see the second one? Do I need? To and see that's kind of what I'm going to answer right now. Like, <laughs> All right, I'm, my, I'm very in interested thoughts. now. That's kind of like kind of what I'm going to answer. Um, so just again, wrapping it up, I don't hate Lion King just to make clear. Um, and I didn't necessarily hate the movie, but as a movie, it literally had nothing new to say. It literally had nothing new to say. It was a shot for shot remake with slight variations on the scenes. So this isn't like the jungle book where it was like, you still have that core kind of idea of what's going on in the jungle book, but it was told and the story was slightly different and it weaved around and did different things. Right. Yeah. This is literally a shot for shot remake. Like if you watch the animated version from the, you know, 93 or eight or whatever it was, mm. I don't know, 98. I can't remember. It's 93 or 94. I can, I can look it, it up quickly. You know, early nineties, like that classic Disney Lion King. Um, if you watch that, you can pretty much watch this. But here's the thing. 
without that animation, like with the change in animation style, while it's impressive and looks very photorealistic, having that photorealism takes away the expression of the characters. Like they just look like they're well, and it's actual animals, right? So they can't weird. have the dynamic expressions. It's really weird that way. it's touted as being a live action movie when it's still it's still animation. animation. Like it's, it's all animation. It's all animation. All of it. The only thing that's not animation was the sun rising in the first shot. They actually took that. That's actual footage. But the rest is all CGI animation. And it is impressive. Like, it looks very realistic. But again, with that, you're taking away that expression. The characters can't express, like, physically as much, right? And you kind of take the magic away from that movie. Um, They did have, I think, one new scene or two new scenes one was nala escaping pride rock like when she ends up later on finding simba okay um that was a very short scene and i actually did like it um but the rest it's again it's just slight variations like um when they sing the lion sleeps tonight they sing a slightly longer version scars we be prepared is slightly different it's not the full song it's just a little bit here and there um but like other than those slight variations in that one new scene i just found there was nothing to like that wasn't in the original. They didn't take it a different direction. They didn't add anything new or dynamic. It was just, look at this new animation style. And that's pretty much what it is. So as much as I like, I wouldn't say like, I hate this movie, but I just felt like it just had nothing new to offer me. And I was kind of bored watching it because it's like, this is the same thing I've seen before. I'm just less interested or I feel less connected to the characters well, I mean, than I did in the original. They essentially told a better live-action version of The Lion King when they made Black Panther. Like, because, like, yeah, if you like look, if you look, at, a lot of the, if you look like, at a lot of the story beats in Black Panther, it mirrors Lion King really, yeah. really well, and it tells a similar the royal, story. The royal rumble. <laughs> and it, like, and, it's, and it just, it was really well done. And, like, that's one of the reasons I haven't seen The New Lion King is, honestly, a lot of the Disney remakes, I understand what they're trying to do when I... I again like they got to do what they got to do because disney arguably knows a bit better than i do since they're <laughs> well they know they're a major money, multi, sure. they're a major multi-million dollar corporation <laughs> yeah. and i'm yeah. just i'm just a guy with an opinion but yeah um to me it's number one animation has such its own dynamic expression that you can't really capture in live action all the time and it, it's right. shown with all their with all their live action remakes i can't say there's a single one where i'm like oh that was better than the original one yeah, because I animation... really like. I yeah, I didn't really like the Jungle Book. I thought the Jungle Book was a really good um, live action interpretation, and even that's hardly live action. You have the kid. Well, it's you know what I mean. Like well, the rest was. CGI. That's also that's also not the first live action adaptation they've done of the Jungle Book. Like that's. Yeah, that's true. I think, yeah. Like that's Disney's second or third attempt at a live action, one. But like, and to me, like that's one I I didn't I couldn't get into myself. But at the same time, I agree. It was at least. There was a reason for it to be live action and not just another animated adventure. Right. And to me, it's just it. There's just something that's not quite working with these animated remakes or just not really sitting well with audiences like they make money because people want to go see them. And for kids, especially with kids, like obviously that's their massive demographic. Right. Because a, a kid who didn't grow up in 93 is going to go and see this Lion King. And they'll that, that's the nice thing about it is they're going to get this story that they haven't necessarily seen already. That they so never like, experienced. Yeah, absolutely. So there's yeah. a nice thing with that. That's a good like, point. To a, like, and I understand that to a point, but also I'd like to see them, I'd love to see them drastically change some of these stories. Like take the core concept and tell it in a new 
different way rather than just revisiting material they've already done and And, and, yeah and that's kind of what i was hoping for lion king and i get it like they're in a tough position because lion king is so like loved by so many people if you change it drastically people will be like this isn't the lion king but if you do shot for shot you have people like me who's like this is exactly the same movie it's just not i just watched not the same doing it animated and it could be it's missing the magic right like and that and that again was one of my points when it came to this movie like it's just like it's it's a good enough movie it just has nothing new to say and yeah you feel like it's just missing that magic from the animation like the expression and like there's a barrier there right like when you're talking about animals that are made in such a way like and the whole cast is like that like there's no human to center it right yeah like it's all these animals so you have to be able to connect with them but when they're literal just animals it's hard to make that connection because there is no those facial expressions just aren't there because a cat doesn't make the same facial expression (laughs) as a human you know but in the animation they can make it you know look kind of that way they're give them those dynamic expressions they're talking about doing a robin hood one now like the a live action a live action version of the animated robin hood oh okay with like the animals and like i've been i've been saying that they should do that for a while like i've been saying like just in my small circles being like they should do that one but i'm i'm curious which way they're going to take it because i don't think they should go the way of making them hyper realistic right i think they could do a really good motion capture adaptation of robin hood um, I just want to see a giant rooster. Well, that's the thing. Robin like, Hood, a little giant walking through the forest. But like, <laughs> I love that guy. But like, they should they should just find that balance of, um, not like don't go super hyper realistic for your animation, but don't just do two D animation. Like, do a good motion yeah. capture movie, and I think I hope that's what they're going for. And I think they, I think they will. And I don't know. I. I trust them so far. We'll see. We'll see. I um, I like what I've been seeing, like with the new Mulan movie that will be eventually coming out, once theaters and stuff reopen. Yeah, I did like what I was hearing about that because it clearly was a very like, it was uh, you still had Mulan at its core, right, and that story at its core, but it was still a very different telling from the animated one, and I think they just. They just need to go that route. I think Aladdin was, again, really good. It wasn't quite a shot-for-shot remake. It had those different elements, even, like, the genie. Like, Will Smith wasn't like, I'm Robin Williams. You know what I mean? That's important. He did his own character. And and it's those things, those changes, that make a movie, again, like, worth watching or something to say. And they just, yeah, Lion King just didn't have it. So, for me, worst movie of 2019 that I've seen so far, or at least movie, I guess, you know, my least favorite for sure was uh, Lion King. Well, Dishonorable mentions Star Wars Rise of Skywalker because it equals Star Trash. <laughs> I think, <laughs> I'm getting that I think, right out I there. Think we need to, <laughs> but, 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 and we won't talk about that today. We, we have, to, save that have for to make a different... own episode. <laughs> I'm just saying, Dishonorable mentions for me was Rise of Skywalker, just so everyone knows we're on the same page here. Well, but I'll make that It's not the worst mention. one. It's not the worst one because at least it said something. Nothing worth hearing or thinking about, but, you know, hey, something. <laughs> it, was, it was a movie, and I enjoyed it, and I, I had a good time. And we'll talk about that on a different day when we're not as... That, yeah, that'll be a good one. We're not as angry about technology. <laughs> <laughs> that will be a good one to talk about. But, yeah, so that's my worst movie, Dishonorable Mention, Lion King. Okay, I'm going to shoot it over to you. So, I have a weird scale for what I find is, like, movies that I don't like. And it's usually, if, right. if I can leave a movie 
if I leave a movie and my thoughts on it are, oh, it was okay, but they could have, and I can start listing off things about what they could have done better or they could have changed that would have improved the story and I can come up with a different pitch. That's usually a sign for me that I didn't like the movie and that it could have been better and that's kind of what I would mark that on. So for me, like, there's there's a few different ones. Like, that's the problem is I have a list of, like, movies that I just, I felt that way about. And maybe it's just going to be a short segment for me because I don't think we need to go through every single movie. Because I could speak... For sure. Like, I I think I could better speak to a core of what I disliked about these ones. Um, But it would be, like, movies like the Dumbo remake, um, Spider-Man Far From Home, and um, The Color Out of Space are the three I'm going to specifically mention. Okay. And all three of those, for me, they kind of suffered from the same thing where it's like... their ideas got away on them and they weren't concerned on telling the best story that they could rather than being a spectacle. Like, like Dumbo, mm. I don't even know what that story was trying to say. I have no clue where... <laughs> like, I, that was, Dumbo was one of the movies I hadn't seen in 2019 and it's not on my it's, list. Because like any review I've seen, people are like, we don't even know what this movie is about. Did like, you, that's, a, that's a very common sentiment. <laughs> did you like the classic one? Did you like the original Dumbo? Yeah, to a certain degree. Like, it was all right. Like, I know a lot of people love Dumbo, but I'm like, I like it. You think I'm neutral about the old Dumbo? Yeah. And so, seeing a movie that, to me, was a worse version of that, like, it it just didn't really, like... Do anything for you. Because, like, there were some cool things that were kind of introduced, but then were never explored. Like, uh, the main characters, or... Arguably, that's the thing is I don't really know who the main character is other than this family. But like, but in this family, the daughter is like, "I want to be a scientist," and then that's nothing. Then there's nothing. <laughs> it's like that's her shtick is she wants to be a scientist, and like that's cool, that's great. But then yeah. do something with it, right? Like, well, that's the whole thing. If you're gonna put something into a scene or like add information, at least something like that was specifically like, "I want to do something." Like you should do something. Yeah. with it right well and even dumbo's journey that's just was good just, storytelling <laughs> dumbo's journey was all over the place and like i didn't really understand like it's just one that it felt unnecessary it didn't really as you said it didn't say anything new it didn't really do anything, anything and it, it, it could have yeah. i think it really could have and it's the same thing spider-man far from and there's a lot of good actors in that movie too oh, the acting wasn't like, a that, problem I, I love like the I was I was surprised like the movie got such bad reviews when I was like man but there's like what Danny DeVito Michael Keane um Colin Farrell uh, Colin Farrell yeah I was like dude there's there were a lot there of were good two actors. penguins in this movie <laughs> two penguins and a yeah. Batman like <laughs> yeah but like for me it's it's it just as I said it didn't it didn't offer anything new and it just made me just kind of like the acting wasn't bad like the acting was good i enjoyed it but like some of the character motivations didn't make sense and they didn't really i don't know it was just it sounds like it really like lost its legs on the writing for sure it just it, possibly i just that's the thing is i, I don't remember most of it i forgot it came out <laughs> i had to look through <laughs> yeah. a list and you're like oh yeah that was this year um that was a 2019 movie spider-man far from home was a similar kind of thing for me where it's like I liked Mysterio. I liked Jake Gyllenhaal. I liked Tom Holland. I liked the cast. I felt that the movie was too big for what it was trying to do. Mm. I was going to say, there's someone behind you, Matt. <laughs> yeah. That was just my wife and the boy waving at me from the window. <laughs> but it, yeah, it's, it just, it was too, 
too big and I'm missing that core of friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. And I feel like they could have told gotcha. a very similar, if not the same story, but base it in his hometown. I feel like... I got you. Yeah. Like, I, I didn't hate I, it, though. Like, I liked it better than Homecoming. I could, I could do a whole video on just Spider-Man. I, I, I agree with that. I definitely liked it better than Homecoming. I thought Homecoming was good, but I, 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 did, I liked Far From Home. I thought it was a pretty good movie. But I guess when you make the point, too, like, just thinking about, like, could you have made the same movie, but in New York? Yeah, more or less, right? Like, it didn't necessarily have to be in all these different locations. It's so but. it's so focused on making Spider-Man the new Iron Man that I think it loses the core of what Spider-Man is. And like I said... Yeah, they touched on that a lot. I know, I know it's... I know we've said this about a couple different things, but like, I'm going to save us... There's a big Spider-Man rant. I have several Spider-Man rants, but I'll save that for its own right. thing as well. Because there's just... It just... As I said, it's... Spider-Man's one of my big heroes and I'm a little harder on him than I am other heroes for their movies. Fair enough. But we've had successful Spider-Man movies so far that and like these have been successful. I can't even argue that they haven't been successful because they have been. They made a lot of money and a lot of people love them. Yeah. But for me they don't necessarily connect as Spider-Man films as much as I'd like them to. You know, and that's but again, that's just that's my opinion on that. And that's it's I, I came out of that movie thinking about like, well, they could have done this, 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 and this. And then Color Out of Space, it's an indie horror film that I really wanted to like. And it was just another one that the story it was just all over the place, and it wasn't focused on what it could have been, and it just kind of seemed. And, and people can argue because of the type of movie it is, right? That it's meant to be erratic and kind of crazy and you're not supposed to know what's going on. But I feel like that's also a cop out for not clear storytelling. <laughs> fair enough. I think, yeah. I think there's a way to yeah, do that. Er- fair enough. There's a way to do that erratic behavior and storytelling without confusing your audience and making them go like, wait, what's going on? When did this happen? Yeah. And like having to go, I think there was a couple times we had to actually skip back to see if we missed anything and we didn't. It was just, suddenly something didn't make sense and we're like okay i guess that's what's happening now Mm. so for me and i think this maybe this is going to be a reoccurring theme throughout this these videos and stuff like that these kind of like is is that things that are the same it's just level if i can go if i can see a movie and i don't sit there and go like oh well this could have been done better then chances are I'll like it. Like, and it's it's usually if I immediately watch it, or even during the movie, I can come up with things where it's like, no, they shouldn't have done that. They should. This should have happened. Yeah, then you're not really enjoying the movie itself because you're not even you're not getting lost in the experience either, right? Exactly. It's... Like, if we're criticizing, clearly we're not involved in the movie, and it's just not working for us for whatever reason. Exactly. I'm not saying that other people can't like these movies too. I think that yeah. there's there's an audience for them. Just for me something was disconnecting and i don't know what it was but and i said there's probably more if i look back at that list there's probably a lot more like like um i think godzilla came out last year didn't it it did yeah it was another movie i haven't seen i i enjoyed it but i didn't enjoy it as much as my friends and my stance on it is it could use 20 percent more monster fights now i had that stance and then i was talking to someone at work and i was like oh man this could have used 20 percent more monster fights and then i thought about it critically i'm like okay if it was 100 percent monster fights i'd still be like this movie could use 20 percent more monster because <laughs> yeah. that's what i love about godzilla is the monster yeah. fights it's the same thing with people complain about the new jurassic park movies or the jurassic world movies 
And for me, I'm content with them because they're dinosaurs eating people. And that's all I want from a Jurassic Park movie. I don't care about scientific accuracy. We lost that after, as soon as Lost World happened onwards, it's just been dinosaurs eating people. And I'm okay with that. That's all I need in a Jurassic Pretty Park much, movie. Yeah. I don't need any deep messages at this point. They said it all in the first one. Let's just watch dinosaurs eat people with a high budget. Like, I'm good. <laughs> and go from there. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's, that's kind I of my um, quote-unquote worst movies or least favorite movies. And I don't know. It's Movie going is weird for me because I'm trying. I try to separate myself from what I want to do as for my career and stuff like that. But it's... Right. Because I want to love movies. I do. But I also want to look at things critically to know what I want to do or don't want to do with movies. And I don't, I'll, I'll... well, and that, and that's, a, and that's a great way to grow too, right? Like even in your own craft is why make the mistakes other people make when, you know, you can learn from them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, One... like when you can notice bad writing, at least, you know, you're aware of what things you shouldn't be doing while you're writing. Well, and you know, I think the way, yourself. the way to look at it too, is it's looking at, it's not even about what looking at what works and what doesn't work as a whole but looking at what works and what doesn't work for you it's looking at your own your own self-reflection of is this what i like do i like this or do i dislike that because at the end of the day when you are making a movie that's what you should be you should try to make it so you enjoy it you should try and do something you want to see Well, it should be your vision right like what you're really seeing exactly and that's Um, and not be afraid of trying to appease everybody else because when you're trying to make a movie for everyone that appeases everyone it appeases no one like when you try to spread it out too thin like you just got to have a vision stick with it go with it and just be okay with not everyone's gonna love what i'm gonna make not everyone's gonna enjoy it there may be some people maybe the majority of people love it but there's always gonna be people who well and it's a good way to find your voice too and as an artist you need to have your own voice otherwise if you're yeah if you're just mimicking other people like i'm guilty of that in the past where i've just started writing stuff like a different writer or i started filming stuff like a, a different filmmaker and it's like the problem with that is you turn into a pale imitation of this thing that you like whereas you should really work at finding your own voice and being yourself Exactly. And we talked earlier, we talked about Taika Waititi, right? Like talk about having his own signature stamp and his own voice in his works, right? Mm -hmm. When you watch a movie, you wouldn't even have to tell probably someone, I guess the general movie going audience might not realize it, but most people, especially if you're a fan of movies or you're kind of more into like the deeper end of things, you're going to pick up a Taika Waititi movie and know it's a Taika Waititi movie before the credits roll and tells you it's a Taika Waititi movie. You know what I mean? There's like, a lot of style. Cause it, 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 he does have his own style and how he makes things work. And I think it, in his style, as we said earlier, is very unique to him. Yeah. So I think you make a good point there in coming up with the voice. And it, and that's, well, that's honestly kind of how you succeed. Like there are filmmakers that actually like, this isn't a shot against him. Cause I love all of his films. I like every film I've seen. I've loved, but Ron Howard is one of the best just making the best movie to that movie and like he has a style but he doesn't have a style but he does like it's so when you look at what he's made i don't know if you ever looked at his filmography and you start realizing oh that one's ron howard that one's ron howard that one's ron howard that one's wait none of these look the same but they all work Work. and they're all really (laughs) and they're all really good i like like and that's just that that to me is a feat in itself because 
he's managed to tap into several different film styles, but still have his own feel to them. It's just, it's bizarre, and I love it. I absolutely love it, and that's, like, I think, I forget, like, we were just watching, I actually, we think we were just watching or discussing a Ron Howard film of the house a couple days ago, and I forgot it was him because of how stylistic it was, and I can't remember what the movie was. Yeah. But, like, it's, I don't know, I think it's just, it's really cool that you can see these voices through people, through people's films, and you can kind of get to get to know them a little bit just by watching their films. It's kind of... Just by watching their films. It's interesting. Yeah. It's all part of the film, man. That's It's another reason why we love it, right? It's like, all part not of only the feast does it, of films. <laughs> feast of films, exactly. I mean, again, like not only does it connect with us as viewers, as audience members, and connect with us in our lives and our emotions, like you're literally feeling, you know, it's, it's a way again for the director and for all these different people who are creating this stuff to have their voice and be able to speak and communicate to so many people. It is, yeah. Man, great point there. Great point. All right, are we good? That's it for the segment. 20 years, 20 movies. Is that what it's called again? I think I have no idea. Yeah, 20 years, 20 movies. Even though technically it's going to be 20 years... 80 movies and what if we go past the 20 that's who knows maybe we'll add a new 20 i think i just like the title look we like the name we believe in ourselves so much that we're like we're gonna talk about this we're gonna have more than one episode (laughs) we're gonna at least have 20 episodes uh... (laughs) we'll see see how it goes but yeah no uh yeah 20 years 20 movies we start 2019 i guess we'll go up to 1999 and uh then we'll go from there is that 20 years 20 after that i think yeah yeah Yep. Well, yeah, that's, my, math is not my strong point. Let's be honest. <laughs> that's why we talk about movies. Not math. This, not math. <laughs> All right, Feast so we're going formulas. on to uh, <laughs> our next segment. Uh, and this one is called Favorite Moments of the Week. So this is when we're going to dive into our uh, favorite moment from something we watched this week, whether it was a feature film, movie, or a TV show, or you know, just maybe something we picked up. Uh, so we'll go, we'll let you start, Ethan. Favorite moment of the week. And what was it from? That's a great question. That's actually like, apparently when I looked at the template, I completely skipped over this one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, do you want me to start? I'll give you a sec to think about it. Yeah, yeah. Go, go. You go ahead, and I'll, I'm thinking, gonna think about this because it's been okay. So this week, I was this week. My goal was to go through the Dark Knight trilogy and touch on that again, because uh, I hadn't watched those movies probably for a good couple of years now. Um, and I got through Batman Begins: The Dark Knight. I didn't get to the third one yet, but I still plan on doing that. Um, so my favorite moment of the week was from The Dark Knight. Now, there's a lot of great moments in that movie, like ridiculously good moments. You got the interrogation scene um, with Batman and the Joker in the police station, right? Yeah. Uh, you want to know how I got these scars? Both times when he tells the story and it's different, you're like, what? Great moment. The bank heist at the beginning. Yeah. You want to see a magic trick? Uh, the Hong Kong extraction. The hostage tape when he's got that fake Batman and he's making the tape for everyone. I'm a man of my word. So what you're saying you is know? the whole movie was your favorite moment. <laughs> like, on the whole movie. This is honorable mentions, I guess. Uh, when Gordon's alive, and of course, like the the when he's in the hospital scene with Harvey Dent. I'm just a dog chasing cars. Yeah, There's so many good moments in that movie. It was really hard for me to pick like my favorite moment of the week. Uh, but I decided to go with the, the destruction of Gotham General. Yep. So this is the scene where... 
Gotham General is blowing up. And it's such a great character moment for the Joker. I mean, it's really a horrendous situation when you think about it. Yeah, no one's a hospital in there anymore. blows up. Clearly, yeah, no one's in there. Yeah, exactly. But still, so man, it's... like, if no one was in a hospital like Calgary or Saskatoon and the hospital blew up, we'd be like, damn, that sucks. It was a hospital. I guess, yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's still when you put for, it like, that way. Lives. Yeah. So it's still a horrendous situation. But it was done in such a classic Joker style. Like, he's wearing the nurse outfit. He's got the high heels on. And when he clicks the button, like, it doesn't go off right away. Like, he has to, like, literally hit it. Like, when you hit a TV remote, <laughs> the batteries aren't working. So let's hit it. Like, this will make it work. Well, I guess this didn't um, work. Crap. We're going to try this then, again. Uh, and then after, yeah, exactly. Like, he hits it a bunch of times. Then the nothing goes off. Like, he throws his arms up. And then, boom, the hospital starts blowing up. And he's out of there. Like, it was just a magic moment. And... Fun fact, I'm sure, like, I'm pretty sure everyone knows this by now, but, like, they had one shot to blow up the building, right? Like, they had to do it in one shot, and they actually blew up a building. Um, and the explosive didn't actually work properly when they were doing the scene, but uh, Heath Ledger stayed in character during the mishap, and that's what gave us the moment. So, literally, when he's, like, clicking the button and it wasn't working, like, literally, shit wasn't working properly. Like, the building was supposed to just kind of go boom. But it didn't, it happens, and he, he stayed in character. And then once it did go, obviously, like, he took off. But I was like, that's such a cool moment, because not only do you get this great character moment, you kind of get this, you know, this little improv thing where, because sometimes on set, things just don't work properly. Like, we know that. We've experienced that, like, even in our own little films. So imagine blowing up a building. Even like, doing every this. Once in a while, <laughs> everyone doing this, yeah. Our technical issues for the first hour of today. <laughs> um... So things don't always work properly, but, you know, so of course blowing up a hospital, there's going to be issues too sometimes, but, you know, just having that great character moment and knowing that it was all kind of like improv and Heath Ledger was just in the moment, just kept rolling with it. I was like, dude, that has got to be my favorite moment of the week. The destruction of Gotham General. So that's kind of what right. I figured. That's a, what about you? I'm, I'm excited. First off, I'm just I'm excited at some point to talk about Batman with you because I feel like that's also just going to be a really really good discussion. Oh yeah, <laughs> maybe maybe oh, yeah. an argument, but like it's it's I got opinions. Um, <laughs> it's gonna be good. Like so, what we've actually been doing, uh, we did a Mel Brooks marathon. We started. Nice. I have a box set, and we started with his. We started with the producers, and we went through. And this hasn't been just for the week. This has been like the last month. And we've been going through all the movies and we started with producers and we ended with producers, the musical. And it was just a really good, it was a really good way to end it. It was just a really yeah. good finishing point. And there was just a bit of a satisfaction of a finishing the marathon, but B finishing with just such a solid tight story and musical. Um, it was also fascinating going through his stuff because we got to see the evolution of him as a filmmaker and kind of see where his movies went. And we figured, I got to figure out myself what his personal best movies to me are, like what movies I like the best. Right. Versus ones that I probably won't go and see as much as I used to. And just how even age has changed my perspective on that stuff. And it just, overall, I think that was just, that was probably my, like, there's not a specific movie moment that I really loved in that just because, I enjoyed most of it, but just like finishing that marathon was just such a nice personal moment. I've got to pick that mm -hmm. as my moment of the week. 
Because right. just it just when the credits rolled and just the music was playing, like there's just an emotional moment for me where it's like ah, like a I feel like I accomplished something, which is funny when it's watching movies and you feel like you accomplished something. But B, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just felt it, there was a sense of completion, which was nice. It was just a nice. Ha moment. Finale, right? yeah. Just, yeah, it yeah. was just really good. And that's that, just like be the my cherry on it. top, right? The cherry exactly. on top of the Sunday, man. Uh, 100%. Awesome. That's a good moment, man. That's always a good feeling, right? When we were coming up to Endgame last year, we watched uh, every weekend, we were watching like an MCU movie so we could like watch the whole, like do the whole marathon going into Endgame. And there's yeah. what, like 21 or 20 films at that time? I can't remember. Um, so we literally had to start at like the end of December so that we could like <laughs> have as many weeks as we needed to actually before Endgame came out. But once we finished that, I was like, holy damn, we did it. Like such an accomplishment, man. Like going right. into Endgame, it's like you're right on you're right on page. Everything's fresh. It's like, let's do it. So yeah, no, I get what you're saying, man. That's pretty sick. Cool. Yeah. Best moment. So too, like, um, our segments and stuff will always slightly kind of change per episode. Like, we'll stick with kind of our core ones for the most part. We'll switch out. Um, but today's favorite moments, like maybe next episode we'll do favorite, I don't know, score or favorite, you know, scene or movie of the week. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Exactly. But, uh, yeah, this week was favorite moments because I thought that's a great way just to start. Like, a moment is just something. Something that yeah, just, it's, once again, it's just that it's just a personal thing for you, right? Like, it's. Yeah. So, uh, Something that just really worked. Um, so last segment. What's next last for you, seg- Matt? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. Last segment Last segment of the day is called What's Next. And we're just going to be talking about uh, you know, some movies and stuff we're planning on watching this week. And seeing we're all in quarantine and locked up, well... We got time. We got some time. <laughs> we, we got time. <laughs> uh, so what's next for me? This week, my movie goal is to watch the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Oh, uh, yeah. I've been wanting to rewatch the Lord of the Rings trilogy for so long. But you know it's such a huge time investment, right? Hey, just and one day. Mo- just one day, man. Just wake up yeah. early and just go. And you can get and it done. And just crack it down. Yeah. It's like 20 it, hours. It's a little hard when you... It's harder when you have a, a child. <laughs> just be like, go away, baby. Hey, man. Start him out young. <laughs> just... Just strap him to your chest and make him I'm watch. Sure you, <laughs> I'm sure you'd love that, actually. The kid's great. Um, but yeah, I've been wanting to rewatch it for such a long time. But, you know, life's crazy and those movies take a long time. But now that we're in isolation, I'm like, this is the perfect time to rewatch the trilogy. Now, and my wife has never seen them. So i got to try and get her to sit down and watch these. Um, but I really love these movies. I mean, the writing, the acting... We've been talking about score a lot today. Oh my God, the score in Lord of the Rings. Unbelievable. Oh, yeah. I just, uh... oh, I just hear like the themes like dun 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 You're just like, last damn. Last week, um, I have them all on vinyl. So last week while I was writing, yeah. I actually had them playing in the background. Oh and just, man. It's like, just so good. It's just amazing. That music gives me chills and the movie's not even on. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. It's, like, it you can just watch gives the movie. Chills. You can watch yeah. that movie just by listening to the music. Now, goosebumps already, man. Like, you're just like, oh, I'm so, I'm so excited this week. My goal is watch Lord of the Rings trilogy. Um, yeah, every time I hear that score, it just takes me away of the world. So, that's my plan. Not just listen to the score. I'm going to watch the lord of the rings are you gonna include the hobbit 
You gotta, Probably not. You gotta, I, man, I was not as hot on The Hobbit as I was Lord hey of the man, Rings. Like, Hobbit was like, it was okay. It's good. I'm like, it's just not great. It's there's It a, just wasn't Lord of the Rings. Yeah, exactly. So that's my, uh, that's what's next for me. What about you, bud? Um, I know Gremlins 2 has been thrown around because I haven't seen Gremlins 2 apparently. Oh, oh not apparently. I've never, man. I've just never seen it. Um, and then we're actually going to be starting up now that we finished Mel Brooks. We're going to be starting a double marathon of John Carpenter and uh, Steven Spielberg. Ooh, that's going to be good. So luckily we're, we're not, we're not crazy enough to, so we have like all of John Carpenter's films, which is, right. that's nice. We don't have all of Steven Spielberg's films and that's okay. Cause he has like 25 titles on John Carpenter. Yeah. And so we're just going to go with the ones that I own that I have here. And it's just, I'm really excited again to see that evolution of a filmmaker from, from their beginning to well their end or their furthest point that we have in their collection like that's, right i'm so excited to get to see that and to study that and because to me that's i i watch movies to escape i watch them to study i watch them for so many different reasons and i'm just i'm excited for it but i think we're also cool, talking man. about possible there's there's a list of films that we want to watch like um i need to revisit the howling because i'm working on a werewolf script so i'm kind of wanting to revisit some werewolf movies too there's a couple other movies because my roommates, he's also working on a couple different scripts that we have other movies that we want that want to watch so that he kind of gets a bit of reference for them. Like, right. There's, there's a long list. And at the meantime, we're also marathoning or binging Voyager, Star Trek Voyager right now. And that's <laughs> okay. So there's, nice. there's a lot going on in the TVs at my house. There's a lot of stuff. Man, don't burn out your TV. That sucks. Just like, uh, dies. E- like evenings oh. and weekends. We watch evenings <laughs> and weekends. We work during the day and then watch at night. And then play at night. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That sounds good, man. Yeah. Sounds like a great week coming up. So we should have plenty of stuff to talk about when it comes to next week's podcast. That's yeah, sure. hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> I ended up watching none of it. I, <laughs> it I slept. Terrible. I slept for uh, eight days. Uh. <laughs> yeah. I just slept this whole week. It was great. It was, it was a great week. No. Okay, man. Sweet. So that's it for today's episode of A Feast of Films. This is episode Feast one. Feast of Films. A uh, little, little bit of a rough start there for for hey, us on our side. You guys didn't hear it. But we just, tried the opening like three times. They might me. hear it because I'm going to see if I can make some bonus content for them. Okay, so maybe there'll be some extra bonus content of us being like, hello, ah, damn it. It might just <laughs> be a lot again. of Matt cursing. I don't know yet. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what pops up. <laughs> But uh, yeah, this is episode one. Uh, I think that went uh, pretty pretty well. And uh, yeah, of course, wherever you're listening to this right now, come back next week because we'll have a whole new episode. I mean, this is our kind of test run trial. Yep. So I'm not exactly sure where we're going to put it yet. But wherever you're listening to this, come back next week because there'll be another one there. Hopefully. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Most likely there'll be another one there. Depends on technology. Um, but yeah. Um, do you have, uh, anywhere, uh, you want to send people? Like, where can people find you online, Ethan? Uh, got my YouTube channel, which I'll probably be linking the video on a playlist heat there. Um, I guess we need to figure out that that's another thing too, is, uh, I guess we got to create a YouTube channel and other such means for people to access this. Yeah. Um, if you're seeing... Or to find, like, bonus stuff or whatever, yeah. If you're watching this, then you know where to find us. And make sure to come back to watch for more stuff. Yeah, that's I'll exactly I'll just give a vague yeah. blanket answer there. <laughs> we're um, not sure where we're going to put it, but wherever this has been found. For my personal stuff, uh, 
if you search Ethan R. Hill on YouTube or Facebook, you'll find me. Um, my feature film, Damned Rights, is out to rent on realhouse.org. If you search Damned Rights, you can find it there. Um, yeah, what about you, Matt? What are you up to? What do you got that people can find? Um, you don't want to find me at all. I'm just an enigma of the internet. <laughs> Matt has a YouTube channel with things on it that you should go and watch. <laughs> I do have a YouTube channel. Um, I got to start actually putting content on there, too. Uh, you can find, uh, what's it called? The Matt Black Project. So if you Google that, I should be kind of close to the top. Um, I think if you Google that, um, I did have one video that did really, really, really well for just like, I literally just started the channel, put out a video and it did pretty well. Awesome. Um, so you can find me at the Matt Black Project also on Twitter, which I believe I'm also under the Matt Black Project. And I usually just like tweet about random things as one tweets about, um, oh, at infinite Matt B. That's where you can find okay. me on Twitter. I don't have Matt Twitter. Infinite <laughs> Matt B. But I'm sure we'll put like uh, links and stuff in the description or exactly know, wherever it goes. Exactly. Again, um, we're not. Again, we're just recording this. Uh, this is kind of our pilot episode, and we just want to make we, sure uh, we kind of have a solid concept idea. Um, but yeah, then we'll figure out exactly where we're going to put all this. So I don't at think the moment, we figured we percent no. I didn't think we figured we'd get this far, and now we're just confused. We're like, wait. <laughs> now we have to know what we're Wait, sharing we oh, actually no. recorded one episode what do we do with it um, <laughs> yeah because we were just talking earlier usually when people are like we should do a podcast and that's where it ends but we've actually recorded something now and, so uh, yeah it's now the next steps yeah figuring out but, where to uh, put it and what to do with yeah, it yeah exactly so anyway that's it that's where you can find us um and uh until next week i guess uh that has been dinner that has been a the feast, feast of, of films. films. And, oh, that was uh, cute. We said that together. <laughs> yeah, so cute. Uh-huh. And uh, on that, we'll see you guys next week. Continue to love movies. Continue to enjoy. And uh, I'm sure we'll have different means too as well as we continue to evolve and change that you guys can get involved kind of in the podcast in different ways as well. But yep. for now, we'll see you next week. Come back. Hope. We'll have something new for you. Hope you had fun and enjoyed listening to us ramble for... I don't even know how long this is, but for a uh, while. Just, just under two hours, so not bad. Hey, that's not bad at all. That's pretty we did good. A, we pretty did a good. thing. We did a thing. All right. All right. Take care, everyone. We'll see you guys later. I'm Matt Black. I'm Ethan Hill. And uh, this has been A Feast of Films, Episode 1. Have a great week, everybody. Uh, bye-bye. <laughs>